For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online. I am Warren Shaw. He is the great Gary Washburn, and we are your host and resource for everything this Celtics season. Gary, as always, brother, how you doing, man? Good, good. Happy holidays uh, to uh, everybody, and Merry Christmas to those who celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all the holidays. Uh, happy to all those, and yeah, the basketball season just starting to kick in now. Almost a third way through the season, a little bit more than that, and. So things are starting to shake up a little bit, shake up, and uh, we're starting to find out some answers to some questions. Oh, I love what you said right there, too. You know, you're definitely starting to see what the situation is. And the NBA obviously utilizes Christmas Day, you know, as kind of its coming out party. Um, it's kind of the tail end of the NFL season. Unfortunately, Christmas falls on a Sunday for the NBA this year. Yeah, NFL is taking no chill. Uh, they will still be in full throttle doing what they do. So I think the viewership might be a little bit lower than the NBA would ordinarily hope. But in general, um, that is kind of the plan here. You know, a lot of eyes now it's hard to get focused as they feature kind of the marquee marquee teams here on, on Christmas Day. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. You know, obviously the way the Celtics have been playing kind of in general. Um, and definitely need to kind of get into that too. And I want to get you some thought, get your get your thoughts on some Christmas Day games. But as always, you know, we got to pay our bills first and foremost, make our folks happy over at Ben Online. So we'll be right back after this quick break and we'll be talking a lot of Celtics basketball going into the holiday season. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And welcome back to Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online, Gary, so before we kind of get into the crux of the Boston Celtics conversation, let me talk to you a little bit about NBA Christmas, right? Um, what are some of your favorite NBA Christmas memories and what, what are you looking for maybe even this Christmas outside of Boston and Milwaukee, which we'll get to later on. But what are what are the uh, marquee games that you're looking forward to watching even as a fan of the league? Um, Boy, I think it's all of them, man. You know, uh, starts out with Knicks and Sixers, two teams that are hot, you know, mm. uh, really hot right now. So it's turned into a really good matchup. And then Lakers, Mavericks. I guess you have to put the Lakers on because they're the Lakers and they're LeBron. But that's probably the I least, guess. I yeah, guess yeah. It's the least intriguing game considering the Lakers are struggling, and now without Anthony Davis, and and they're just kind of out there again, 
trying to figure things out. Um, and but you know, with LeBron, obviously he's a big draw. Then obviously Buck Celtics game I'll be at will be very exciting. Probably the game of the day. Uh, then you know, Grizzlies Warriors with no Steph. You know, injuries are uh, worrying on t- t- taking a toll here. You know, yeah. um, no Steph, no AD. Uh, Grizzlies Warriors. You know, you know, is it is it the Grizzlies' chance to kind of put a foot on the Warriors' neck? Um, in terms of you know showing who's king of the West right now and and making a statement, even though Steph isn't there on national TV. Obviously, we don't know. We all know the, the Grizzlies are a team that not a lot of people watch because they you know they're not on national TV a whole lot. You know, we all know about Job Morant, but he's got a lot of help down there in in Memphis. So this would be a good opportunity for uh, the Grizzlies to make a statement. And then Suns um, Nuggets. That's a nice game. You know, the kind of the capper. Jokic against Booker. I mean, I, I I look forward to all of them. You know, my my favorite Christmas memories. I don't know. You know, it's like I, I just remember being a kid. I was growing up in the eighties and seeing like they had one game. You know, generally uh, during Christmas. Um, you know, and seeing like you know it would be like one night Christmas would be like uh, Lakers and Phoenix, or it'd be two games maybe in the morning, or you know, for us Coast guys, it'd be like. Nets and Knicks, something like that. Bert Celtics at Knicks. And then in the afternoon, it'd be like Lakers Suns. And I remember like, you know, they would have the player and like a, kind of a pre-recorded thing with his family talking about, hi, I'm Michael Cooper and this is my family and we want to wish you <laughs> yeah. all a Merry Christmas. If you remember that, you know, just like it, you would see the players' families and and they'd be, they'd be big tree in the background and then they'd be playing, you know. So it, they obviously would go to their house maybe a couple – a week before, or whatever, and, and, and record it, or whatever. But they'd be like, "Hi, you know, I'm, you know, Magic Johnson, and uh, you know, this is this is my son, and uh, you know, I want to wish everybody Merry Christmas." And you know, <laughs> it, it was it was it was hokey, but it was actually kind of cool. You know, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> it was definitely interesting. It was fun those days. That's when the NBA didn't have a lot of telecasts on TV. You know, it was like besides local telecast you know um i think cbs was showing like five to seven games a year uh in those 80s times before before kind of jordan took over and obviously the nba going to nbc was a huge deal uh you know it's funny it's like um i think i put on twitter once warren like who made the bigger mistake of giving up the nba was it cbs uh, which decided it wanted to go all in on baseball in like the late 80s, early 90s, like 1990, and they gave up the NBA rights when Jordan was like a superstar, like rising star. But no, you know, it was kind of like they hadn't won yet, so no one could, could be like was trying to be like Mike yet quite much, but uh, it was still Jordan, and then CBS gave up those rights to go all in on being a baseball network or NBC who kind of gives up the NBA uh, when LeBron's on his uh, press list, you know, and then now ABC, yeah. ABC ain't, ain't giving that up. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, it's ABC's for it's been like that for almost two decades now, but remember NBA on NBC, they gave that up. I think the year before or year that LeBron entered the league. Right. Um, I think I remember seeing like what the, those finals between like the Spurs and the Nets. I was on ABC. That might have been ABC's first. Um, I think the I think the the last NBC finals was like maybe like Sixers Lakers and 01, something like that, or something like that. Anyway, um, 
but it just shows you how much the coverage of the league television-wise has changed now. Five Christmas Day games all day and all night. I mean, that's that's insane to me. I mean, I'm saying <laughs> it's like a crazy decision, but it just shows you how much the NBA has grown. Um, that you know, because I remember I said growing up, it was like in the morning, it was Knicks Nets or Celtics at Nets or Celtics at Knicks. That East Coast game, you would get up 9 a.m. watch it, and then at noon or one, it would be Lakers Suns, Lakers Spurs, whatever the decent West Western Conference rivalry was. So, uh, I, long answer, but the, my memories are just kind of the just being a kid and, and actually having a chance to watch the NBA on Christmas Day. Yeah, man, it's it's history there too. And I love even having that conversation about you know, uh, the networks and the TV rights, et cetera, et cetera. NBC, probably the most iconic theme song in NBA history. Oh, you know, yeah. everybody still utilizes that, I think, in, you know, retroactive ways here now. And it's just something that if you grew up in that time, you know it when you hear it. And and it, and it definitely brings back a certain level just of Michael memory. Jordan, right? You know, yeah. just Michael Jordan with yeah. Marv Albert. <laughs> oh, know, the Marv yeah. Albert. A spectacular move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. And then, like, you know, goes to ABC right when kind of LeBron and 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 G Wade and Carmelo into the league, and I don't think kids even know anything. Kids today have no idea that the NBA was on NBC or even was on CBS right. during during the uh, during those formative years when the league was growing. Nah, man, great great stuff here from Gary Washburn. A little history lesson here on the NBA TV and NBA Christmas, especially from his perspective on the West Coast. So. Um, I'll wrap it up there for that aspect of, you know, the conversation on NBA X-Men. Obviously, we have a lot of Celtics-specific conversation that we need to get to. So we'll be right back here on Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online after this commercial break. And we'll be talking a little bit about these Celtics and how they've looked lately here on Geno Time, in addition to previewing the game against the Milwaukee Bucks and some of the games going into next week. We'll be right back. <music> And on this week's edition of Geno Time, we are talking Boston Celtics. Their recent record here, um, three and five in their last eight games. It's been um, <laughs> it's been a very different, different yeah. uh, you know run here since from what we've been used to. And now a huge, huge game against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Now the Eastern Conference leading Milwaukee Bucks, I believe. You know, as we record, the Bucks have caught the Celtics in the standing as the Celtics have more or less just slipped, unfortunately. So things we need to kind of discuss here, Gary. So. This this offense was first in the league, has now dropped to second, which is obviously terrible. But in the last eight, eight games, they are 30th in offensive rating, dead last. What has happened to this offense? Where has the shooting gone? And I understand there's a regression because they were probably hotter than was realistically expected to be maintained. But it's such a drastic drop off. Um, and those two games versus Orlando were really rough, rough to watch uh, to get just rocked out that first game. And then a more competitive game with Tatum out, you know, attending Deuce's birthday, you know, nothing wrong with that. And then, you know, just getting lambasted and booed by the Indiana Pacers um, and make a furious comeback that ultimately falls short. Uh, what are you seeing? What is the team saying about specifically this offense? We'll talk about the defense in a little bit too. About what? Why has offense just been so rough and hard to watch here the last couple of games? Yeah, yeah. One, well, this is just missing shots and then settling too much. And teams have figured out Warren a way to defend them. That's go big. If you look at the losses that the Celtics have, um, two against the Bulls 
which has kind of kind of turned out to be kind of inexplicable, right? Like the Bulls have handled them twice at home. I mean, like without much, you know, issue. Uh, the two losses to the Cavaliers, two losses to the Magic. Six of their 10 losses um, have been the teams that just play big, right? Mm. The, the Magic are a big team. The Wagner brothers, sorry, the Wagner brothers, Banchero, and they bring um, Bobo off the bench and uh, Mo Bamba off Mo the Bamba, bench. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're they a big team and they pack the paint and they, they dare to sell the two three-pointers and all those guys are struggling. Derek White has been like shooting sub 30% this month. Sam Howells did the same thing from three. And it gets to the point of if you're not, if, if Sam Hauser isn't hitting threes, why is he on the floor? Right. And I'm not ripping him. He tries on defense. I'm not saying like, you know, yank him or bench him, but his main number one job is hit the open three, Sam. Hmm. And he's not doing that. He was doing that. I think he shot 40 something percent in November. And now he's at, I think, at 25% in December. Derek White, the same thing. Remember, we all said, oh, this is the new Derek White. This is the Derek White that the Celtics wanted to get. This is the guy who's now he's settled into his role. He's relaxed, um, full training camp, confident. He's turned into the last year NBA Finals Derek White. Over, I mean, I just want open shots. I think he airballed one against the Pacers. Open looks, missing them. Open floaters, missing them. I mean, you know, he did not record a field goal in that game. If you're going to start in this league, Warren, you got to score, like unless you're a great defender. Yeah. So you can't go 0 for 6 unless you're grabbing 10 boards and getting four steals. Like you got to make yourself of use. And there's they got guys out there now that are struggling that are not useful. Um, you know, and I and I just think that, that overall the shooting's gone down. Jalen has not been good. Is now you know kind of turned back into turnover, Jalen, um, where it's not necessarily the dribble, but it's the traveling calls. I think um, one of those Orlando games got called for three different traveling calls. Like he's got to watch it, you know. And I just think the regression happened on that West Coast road trip. They, we all saw that uh, stellar game against the Suns where they looked unbeatable. Everything was going down, but they haven't. They've got one win since that Laker game where they blew the 20-point lead and had to furiously rally to force overtime and then won in overtime because the Lakers got really tired um, because they're playing two guys who, you know, they're playing LeBron and AD real heavy minutes and those guys in Westbrook and those guys just got tired. But other than that, that's their last win in two weeks. So I just think, A, just – overall regression offensively in terms of like guys are just in slumps Two taking too many threes, three teams playing big against them. Also reading passing lanes, um, you know, things like that, causing turnovers, turn them over, you know, 17 turnovers, 16 turnovers against the Pacers. It's like they couldn't even take care of the, bring the ball down the court barely in, in that first half against the Pacers. They were just inept. And then some of that stuff is like, you know, trying to make the, fantabulous pass in between two defenders that are closing and it it looks good if it works it's not working so they need to pretty much get back to basic ball move the ball get to the free throw line 
Uh, Brad Stevens told us today, shoot, make some two pointers, get in the paint. Well, and 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 honestly, Warren, I don't want to hear the that that's oh well, they're getting used to Robert Williams being back. Like, no, no, you don't <laughs> add a better player and then struggle like this and say it's because the better a great player is with us, a great defender. Like, stop that. Like, I don't want to hear excuses. They're just not playing well. They got to yeah. get it together. Yeah, I agree. I think what ends up happening is is and we've talked about this some some couple episodes ago. The three-point shot is intoxicating. The offensive was just going so well. And now they don't seem to be able to get the proverbial run stopper and say, you know what? I'm not going to shoot a three here. I'm going to take it to the basket. Not one time, but two, three, four times in a row, you know, and try to get to the line and outside of Tatum. So in the last game versus Pacers, Tatum was you know basically trying to single-handedly bring the team back. And I said that Brown didn't compliment him, but obviously it was Tatum's show. But getting those other guys who say, you know what? I'm not just going to settle you know, for these shots. Um, and I think it's rough to kind of see that from an offensive standpoint. So one of the conversations that we continue to have, or at least I continue to bring up is, you know, Missoula. And I'm not saying he's doing a good, bad or indifferent job, just trying to consistently evaluate as he's learning the team and learning the roster. What have you seen, you know, from his coaching on the sideline during these runs? And that Pacer game was rough. It was just absolutely, I don't, I don't know what was happening to, to, to start it. Um, but what is his role, I think, in getting these guys ready? Um, and what can he do better, even himself on the sidelines, to make sure that the, the ship is right here offensively? Yeah, Warren, I mean, I think the situation for Missoula is, like, he's got to figure it out on the fly, but he's also got to make some more sound decisions. Like, not like he's got to make stern decisions. Like, he can't – the whole, like, I'm not calling a timeout until things get really terrible. Like, he, he might need to change that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He might need – to stop some of these runs, you know, every, the fans can see that they're playing terribly against Indiana. It got to the point of like, Joe, do something, whether, and maybe it's a situation where it's like, you're going to have to start benching some guys. Like if they're not getting it done, not hustling back on defense, if they're complaining about officiating, if they let their man, like, you know, deny some playing time, you know, and then I'm not sure quite honestly, like Peyton Pritchard, he doesn't play much. Then he throws him in the starting lineup to replace Marcus Smart. Like, what do you expect out of Peyton? You know, when he's he's, he's just like he's just like, well, what the hell? Like, now you're gonna throw me in as a starter? You know, mm-hmm. like, of course he's not gonna be effective. He went, well, I think one one for four. You know, he wasn't very good. I mean, that starting backcourt, like, don't do that again. The starting backcourt of Derek White and Peyton Pritchard, like, that's not the work. That's not working. Like, don't do that. <laughs> That's not scaring NBA teams. Like, you know, nothing against those two guys. Figure it out. He doesn't – I know – I guess, you know, he he's at the point, like, Brock Brogdon's going to be off the bench. He's not going to start Malcolm in under any circumstances or whatever. That's fine. That's what you – that's the role that you want to um, kind of have him as a six-man uh, for extraordinary. That's, that's good. But, like, I'd say the timeouts – and the guys aren't hustling – you know, put some guys in there who are going to hustle. And, you know, I just think he's got to be – and then create some different – some sets, some different looks that allows some of these guys to get easier shots. Because yeah. now we're back to Jason's trying to get himself going. Jalen's trying to get himself going. You know, okay, Jalen, you take the ball in this position, I'll watch. Okay, you know, okay, Jason, I took the last shot. Here, 
you take the next shot. Like that's too predictable. That was last year. You remember that, Warren? The yeah. I got you know. Hey, we'll we'll split shots. You go now. Okay, now you go now. Like no, set some screens, backdoor cut. You know, do some stuff that like teams don't expect. You know, get to the free throw line. Um, to me, they just need kind of a re a makeover. You know, the three ball is great, but you can fall in love with it, and it can it can it can it can leave you in the morning. You get up in the morning, and that three pointer is is packed his suitcases and gotten the hell out. Yes, sir. And, and with with no goodbye note, right? And you end up. What? Where is it? Where's my? You know, you, you can't always rally with threes. Sometimes you gotta get to the line, and you gotta put more emphasis on defense. Like their defense against Indiana was inexcusable. Like I don't know what scouting report they didn't read, but Tyrese Halliburton's a good shooter. It looks, it looks, it looks quirky. Funky. Yeah, it's, yeah, it looks quirky. It you know he shoots from the hip. It's not a, a conventional jump shot. It goes in. So you let him step into, you let him get hot. You let him just, okay, okay. You want to do that? You want to go on the screen? You don't want to cover me out here? You know, now if he's hitting 35 foot, if he if he's Steph Currying, then okay. But if he's st- staying at the line and you just let him re- release, he was hot and he burned you. It's like, do you not read the scouting report? Like, I just, I didn't understand it. I don't understand how guys like Nimhard, were able to get into the paint and shoot like uh, it was Markel Fultz and like little guys are getting into the paint and releasing like little eight, nine footers. Like no one's blocking this. Like what, how is Nimhart? There's a couple shot shots. You know, you watch Indiana, he beat the shot clock. He just dribbled to the paint. Like, oh, easy release. Dude, you're six feet. He should not be able to get that off, get that off against a good NBA defense in the paint. You do not see Peyton Pritchard dribbling in, backing in, and just, oh, I'll just shoot my little J here. Any NBA player is going to make that, especially a guy like Nimhard, who I'm sure has practiced shooting against bigger players so he knows how to get a shot off. So you got to, like, I, that's some of the stuff I didn't understand. The Markel Fultz stuff, I didn't understand. You know, you stop him from getting to the rim, so you just let him shoot a fadeaway. Like, most NBA players are going to make that shot. So I think it's both, all levels, defense, offense. But I think Missoula needs to come up with some different sets and some different looks for his team to get different type of shots and to get them going. And just realize that if you jump out to a 10-2 to lead, the other team just isn't going to (laughs) quit. Like, remember, they jumped out to an 8-2 lead against the Pacers. Okay, we're ready. The Pacers punch back. They jumped out to, I think, a 12-4 or 12-2 lead against the Magic in the first game, the Magic fought like NBA teams ain't phased by that. So you, you can't win the game with two good minutes. Like that's not going to work. You know, you can punch first and jump out. That's really cool, but you got to finish it. Boston 3-5 and five in their last eight games, and as Gary alluded to a lot, you know, not going the way that we would have hoped or would have thought, especially for the way that they started out. You know, to kind of see this regression has been really, really difficult. Yes, they're bringing Robert Williams back into the into the into the fold, so to speak. But as Gary alluded to, that's not a reason for this to be that it has. And again, they just stopped sharing the ball in the same way. Um, the, the passing is not at the level that it once was, and the shooting has definitely evaded them here in these last couple of weeks. Um, so now we turn our attention 
to the Celtics now um, and what is kind of a pseudo rivalry in the Eastern Conference with the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, now another Christmas Day game against this against this team. Um, Milwaukee still riding high and they face multiple injuries. I know Boston's had some guys in that lineup as well, too, but Holly's missed significant time. Milton is not even sure if he's going to play, you know, on Christmas here. Um, obviously, we're skipping, we're recording here today. We're skipping kind of the Minnesota game. Um, but in general, I, I think what you've alluded to in the beginning of this is, hey, size is going to bother this team. Well, here comes one of the biggest effing teams in the entire league uh, with size and length and skill at all positions. Uh, what are you looking for out of this Christmas Day game? Hey, we're not going to get into the whole message situation, but I think right now Boston needs to send a message to themselves um, and understand like, how do you get back on the winning page and beating a team of the Bucks caliber, I think would go in a, going a long way to riding the proverbial ship to some degree. Uh, what needs to happen here other than, yeah, they just need to play harder. Um, Giannis, you can't necessarily neutralize him per se, uh, but Brooke Lopez is a menace. Um, he's just, he was he's such a problem, you know, against all teams, but specifically against Boston. Uh, what are you going to be looking for, for, for the Celtics to do specifically here to try to get a W here on Christmas day? Yeah, Warren, I just think of play a complete game, like play hard 48 minutes, give you the, your Christmas fan, home fans something to cheer about. I just think – I don't even know if it's like, okay, they need to really win this game. Like, it's not that important. It's Christmas Day. The Celtics lost to the Bucks in Milwaukee last year on Christmas Day, still made the final. So this is not life or death. But, one, show folks how you're going to defend Giannis, play a complete game, and play hard the entire way. And, and, and I think the fans and I think people will be satisfied with that because I don't think over the last week or so, Warren, they have played hard at all times. They just haven't. They think they thought, okay, we get a, you know, I think they thought we get a break against Orlando, a, a bad team with one road win. Remember, Warren, one road win coming into that uh, two game set. And they literally beat them twice and they took them lightly and they paid for it. And, and quite honestly, the Magic made plays. Paolo Banchero hit six threes in that uh, last that, that that Sunday game. He his season high had been for a game three. Okay, he had hit twenty four threes coming into that game, and he was a twenty seven point six percent three point shooter. He hit six. That's what happens when you cheat the game. T- players from the other team make plays. Yeah. Admiral Schofield entered that game 13 threes all year. He hit three in nine minutes, which were critical big threes for the like big threes. That won him. I thought Schofield's threes won him the game. Like, that's what happens when you cheat the game. Guys yeah. who don't let me hold on, hold on. Let me let me interrupt you real quick on that. And only from, from the aspect of like because like you're there, you're seeing it, right? And we're watching in, so to speak. Yeah. Does a team like Orlando see that? Do they feel that as well too? Like I know Indiana, this actually happened to the Pacers a couple of weeks ago when Brooklyn had eight guys out and then, you know, yeah. like 150 they got points. Taken on lightly. And then guys who like, you know, of course you're going to leave Admiral Schofield alone. Like the scouting report tells you Banchero's not a good three-point shooter, but on that day he was. That's what I always call it like the Luca factor, okay? Luca is what 34 percent three-point shooter okay he's not a 40 plus he's not Steph right but there are those nights that Luca is Steph can be Steph he could hit seven of them he could hit one on one leg he can hit he can hit him backwards like it's just that night 
and your defense has to adjust. You can't stick to the game plan and say, well, Banchero, Banchero started out strong and he finished strong. It was just these guys practice. Like I think the people think because you're a bad shooter, three-point shooter, you don't practice threes. Marcus Smart practices them relentlessly for whatever reason, he just isn't good at it. So the best he'll be probably 36, 37% on a good day. But we've seen Marcus hit 10 threes in a game, right? right? Bad shooting Marcus. We've seen erratic Marcus just bam that one day. Your defense has to adjust. The Celtics, Nessa Mazzula's fault, didn't adjust to Banchero and didn't adjust Schofield. It was 84-80 Celtics, okay? They had just taken a four. So if they get it, it was like maybe four minutes left, something like that. If they get a stop, and then, then they get up six on a bad team, then you can probably see the frustration and the Celtics win a tough one. What happened? Admiral Schofield, who had already hit two threes, walks up and just takes another one unguarded. Swish. He was he was feeling it. Sometimes you've got to adjust your defense to that. And sometimes the Celtics, I think, too much don't respect their opponent um, and during this streak, haven't respected their opponent for some of the things that they can do. And you've got to do that. That that Orlando game, like not knowing about, like, I don't know, not reading the scan report about Tyrese Halliburton. Like, what are we doing here? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Not like Banchero. It, it was one of those days of really a dude who's going to be a really, really good player in this league is was hot. You've got to adjust your defense, okay, because he, he was feeling them. He was hitting them guarded, unguarded. He was coming up. There was one he hit like 30. It was, it was probably like 28, 29 feet. I was like, man. Yeah. Then well, I looked yeah, at his now, numbers. Now he's out here heat checking, right? Yes. <laughs> so. And I looked at his numbers like, hold up. He had, <laughs> this is a, he had 24 in, in like 21 games before before this. And, like, and he's a 27% shooter. It's it's one it's it's the Luca factor. Yeah, you know we've all and you've watched Luca doing what he's done against the Celtics, and then you look at Luca's three point numbers thirty three point nine. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's wait not the same minute. guy that plays against us. Yeah, I yes, <laughs> but he is he he turn he morphs into Steph. The same thing, you know. And then I'll go back to the Warriors game, Warren, not respecting Clay Thompson. Um, you gonna let Clay shoot mid range? Do you know this dude? Have you seen right. this guy hit mid-range? He's gonna let him do the drop coverage and let him hit from 16. He go, he'll kill you with that. No wonder he had 34 points. You know what I'm saying? So it's adjusting the game plan, it's respecting your opponent, and it's not feeling like we got this, we can just come back with a three ball. Like, no. We'll okay. see what happens before we're you know taping, how they defend Anthony Edwards. How they defend a guy like Jalen Noel, you know, and we'll see against Milwaukee. Yeah, they know Giannis. Yep, they know how to defend him and, and Middleton. But what about Pat Connaughton? George Hill always kills him. Like adjusting your game plan sometimes to that game in that situation. Banchero won them that game, that Sunday game with those six threes and so like nine threes from Schofield and Banchero. That's when the, the basketball gods, and that's it could be a terminology, not, but that's when they're burning your ass because 
you're not playing the game right because you gave up. They won't, that won't happen again all year. I'll predict that. Those two guys in the same game, Warren, won't combine for nine three, three points. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, if there was a Vegas line, I would definitely yeah, take the safe bet, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put plus 1200 that that would happen, you know, <laughs> plus, plus 2000 or whatever. Um, yeah. But in the moment, you got to recognize it, right? Yeah. And I think that's and that's what the situation is, right? And you know, it's funny because I believe it was that was it Jalen Noel last year in Minnesota who yeah got on him, got in him. I was I remember watching that game. I was like, "What is happening?" And what's the guy Nathan Knight, right? The kid. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like was like Shaq in the paint. Like that's the kind of stuff that happened to last year's team. Like, let's see if they become sharp enough to prevent that stuff from happening right yeah i think you know all all great points here i think the theme for this one here as we head into holiday season is respect the game boston celtics because you know uh people are no they're not afraid and i think that was the biggest thing i had coming into this kind of taking more of a philosophical conversation but you know when they got off to the hot start i just kind of still felt like well while they've looked dominant i don't feel like they're scary and i think there were things that teams could potentially do to uh make the games closer than they were. And now you're seeing that, right? The size and then even the Celtics in themselves getting a little bit big for their own britches, so to speak. But they still are a talented basketball team. And you would hope in essence that, especially in a Christmas Day game against the Milwaukee Bucks, you will have, you know, two-time MVP and final champion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that there'll be none of that. Like, you'll know what it is. Doesn't matter what's happening. Adjust to what's what's going on. So if Grayson Allen all of a sudden is getting hot, well, you need to go out there and, and release that. You know what I mean? close that out and make sure make him put it on the ground and not let him just camp out from the three point line or whatever's happening. Bobby Portis expected to be big on the glass, you know, and do a lot of things too. You're going to have to be physical with these guys as they are extremely and probably the most physical team in the, in the NBA. So you cannot finesse your way, you know, through a win against the Milwaukee Bucks. So um, we'll kind of close out here with this one last thing, you know, and obviously again, we kind of skipped over the Minnesota situation um, and then they'll go into next week. Um, couple games against Houston and, and the Clippers, you know, try to get a revenge game against them. Um, we may record before that, before that actually even comes up in general, but um, is the theme just, you just want to see effort because yeah. I mean, I think, I think what you said is like win or lose more than anything else. You want to see them play a complete game losing to the boxes. No, you know, it's, it's not an indictment in any capacity. Right. But you want to see them play a complete complete game and just have it be competitive in some capacity. Is that kind of what we're saying? Yeah, I just yeah, just the talents there and basketball is a game of ebbs and flows. We know that, Warren. So Sam Hauser is not a twenty five percent three point shooter. Derek White's going to be better. Um, Grant Wayne, like they're all going to be better. Okay, now it might not be as high as they were when they went twenty one and four or whatever, or eighteen and four, twenty one and five. But we all know the offense will improve. So continue to play good, strong defense, and then 100% effort. Dive for loose balls, the 50-50 balls. Quit allowing offensive rebounds. Like, Markel Fultz won Orlando that game, too, as well as Banchero and Schofield, Schofield. By, by grabbing those late offensive rebounds. Like, you know, the Celtics not hustling, ball watching. You know, get get on, you know, hustle. Play with your hair on fire. You know, that means Jason and Jalen, too. You know, quickly. is there anybody? Is there anybody outside of those two who you're looking to maybe do more? Because obviously they take the lion's share of the shots, score the lion's share of the points. As, I, Marcus, talented. Marcus is Marcus. I know, like he's been, he was out. 
uh, for the Indiana game. He's got to be better. He hasn't been himself for a while. Mm. And I don't know if that's nursing injuries, uh, the quad thing he was battling, but he hasn't been himself for a while. I mean, he needs to be that guy that can get you maybe on occasion 18 points. You know, dig in on the on the post, hit that little left-handed hook. Like, I think, you know, he's got to be better. Yeah. Um, I think, I I think he's a guy and then, you know, Al's going to be up and down, you know, you can't expect a whole lot because Al's 36, like, you know, you don't want to expect him to, to, you know, be 30 year old Al, you know, and I need to see more from Brogdon. I think Brogdon's been good offensively, but he hasn't finished as I thought he could. Uh, He's, he's taken some key threes the other night. He had one key three and, and completely airballed it. Uh, Can I I, I, I ask you something? And because you're because you're around them, right? And listen, I'm I'm a professional, covered the league for a while myself as well too, but not in the depth that you have. Is Brogdon happy? Is 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 he is he cool? I mean, his demeanor is is always kind of even keel, so to speak. Yeah, very serious guy. Yeah, but is there is there a level of contentment as long as they're winning? You Mm. know, I don't think he's like I should be Marcus. Like, I don't think he's like, I should be no more. I should be starting. Um, but I think that we're seeing kind of at times his limits. Like, he does get blocked at the rim. Um, you know, he's a good shooter, and he's done that. He can take over. But we also have seen the turnovers. Like, he's had some un- un- unsavory turnovers during this streak. I think he's. I think he's fine. And I think that, you know, they've probably told him, you're coming off the bench. Like, we're not going to, you know, herky-jerky you in the starting lineup here. When Mark, You know, we're not doing that. Um, we're going to play you a particular role, 30 minutes, and, you know, that'll hopefully that'll work out for you. Um, and I think it has. I think they've been impressed with what he's done. All right. Well, hopefully Boston will be able to turn things around, at least just from an effort standpoint. Um, and then, you know, try to turn some wins, you know, into back into the in the column here, too, um, as we're starting to gain ground. Um, the Bucks have caught them. Uh, the Celtics are starting to fall even or yeah, ca- are being at, caught by the Cavs. These, Brooklyn is Cavs, catching up. The Nets, the Knicks, like the the the, um, the East is catching up like it, it was, as we remember, <laughs> way back when, about two weeks ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> It was the Celtics and Bucks, and everybody else was was lagging behind. The Sixers won like five, six in a row. The Knicks won seven in a row. The Nets won seven in a row. So the East, the middle of the East, and I think even Miami has won like four in a row or something like that, four or five. So the middle of the East is starting to catch them. You know, like Cleveland's a half game behind as we as we air. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn, as bad as the, the Celtics beat them, and they looked. Brooklyn is um, a, a game and a half back, so the Celtics better start picking up some dubs. I mean, it would it would do them. You, you don't want Warren all of what you worked hard for in the first twenty five games to be zapped in like twelve games, right? So, and that's what they're working on now. Well, hopefully the Boston Celtics will be able to turn things around. Um, we will definitely be back with you at some point next week 
to discuss the outcome of the Bucks game and everything kind of continuing to happen with, you know, the Boston Celtics. So for Believe in Celtics, he is Gary Washburn. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at you know, Washburn Globe. Follow me on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA. Um, this has been another edition of Believe in Celtics. Not as cheery as we wanted to be here on the Happy Holidays edition, but we still wish you and yours a happy holidays. We will definitely catch y'all next week. Again, Believe in Celtics brought to you by Bet Online. Catch y'all. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.